Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we are honored to have Yvette Avery. Yvette is a working mother providing for her family. She has been a Teamsters union steward at UPS, as well as an activist for workers' rights for several years. And Yvette continues what she... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. does best. As we know, there are issues with UPS right now that she's going to tell us about the strike that is impending, or maybe not. I don't know. Let's talk to the one who knows. Yvette, welcome to Politics Unright. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me again. I am great. I mean, I, I was looking at some videos earlier in the week, and I saw that you were prepping all these different uh, Teamsters and so forth. So in case you guys strike, you guys hit the road running. Talk to me a little bit about, first of all, before we get into the specifics, what is it that you're doing to kind of gear the folks up? Well, right now we are having practice picketing. So here in Atlanta and all over the U.S., Teamsters at different locals have been going to different locations and having practice picketing, getting the members ready for the actual strike if it may occur. Uh, a lot of our members have never been through a strike, have never been involved with a picket line. So they're not aware of all of what you can and can't do, our do's and don'ts to striking. So they want to make sure that the members are aware and know what it is to actually participate in a strike if necessary. In other words, you're not going to give the corporation or the police officials any reason to mistreat your your, your uh, employees. You're going to make sure that they know what they need to do, what's within the law, and, and to ensure that they get what's best for them. That is correct. Very true. Now, I don't quite understand the, the issue here in this regards. UPS made over $13 billion in profits. Remember, that is money that you have made for the company, for those that are sitting on their butts as investors and executives. Explain to me, what is it that you, the UPS worker, want? Well, utmost, we always, so we always want dignity and respect, but we want to share in the profits that we help create. Uh, we worked all the way through COVID, no uh, COVID pay, no hazard pay. So we had wait, to go to work wait, every day. On. Let me back up. I, I don't understand. What do you mean that you didn't get hazard pay? Didn't UPS workers partake in the PPP? that gave uh, extra pay and time off, et cetera, to many Americans? Right. So they, if you got sick with COVID, now it was an agreement that we can get paid days off up to 10 days. Uh, but other than that, if you were uh, 
an employee that been there less than like nine months, you didn't qualify for any short-term disability leave. So if say you caught COVID more than once, which we had several people do, uh, you only get that one time being paid those 10 days. So if you didn't have the additional leave, you couldn't take off and that put people at even more risk to want to work while sick because they couldn't afford not to work. But we didn't get, like I say, any pay on top of our just normal regular pay to come to work during the whole, you know, situation of COVID, never, you know, getting the days off is just come to work, come to work is normal, work longer hours because of course more people were ordering things. So we would, you know, having to um, deliver more things. And then we were even delivering COVID vaccine, even if when we weren't even eligible for it. So we were making sure everybody had what they needed by putting our lives and our family lives at risk the whole time. I think America needs to hear this. You were delivering vaccines to the rest of America. You were at a possible risk of being infected by all those you were delivering to. And at the same time, you couldn't get the vaccine. You didn't get hazard pay. And in the event that you are a part-time worker or a new worker and you got sick a second time, which because they want you to work, you'll probably get sick, you stayed without pay. And that's even the full-timer. So if you got, you know, more than 10 days with COVID, you weren't going to get that pay, like I say, unless you qualify for short-term disability. After that, you might can apply. But then, of course, short-term disability, you have to wait those seven days before the payment starts. So some people just couldn't afford to try to take that off. And um, well, we're putting themselves and others at risk. I guess the U UPS probably held on to that PPP money and didn't distribute it as, a, as it was designed to distribute. Okay, so now... Yeah. um. Yvette, what is it that, uh, what specifically is the union saying, this is what our people want? Well, the fair wages are uh, a big issue. We have uh, part-timers who are not paid a livable wage. Uh, they always used to focus on the full-timers, getting them paid good wages, but the part-timers over the several last few contracts have just been left behind. And so people need to recognize that no matter who you are, whether it's a part-time, full-time job, every person's hour of labor should be a livable wage. It should be paid at a livable wage just for your one hour of labor. It doesn't matter if you're part-time because you're working less hours. Of course, you're not going to be able to live off of that, maintaining your entire lifestyle off of part-time pay. But that hour of labor is no less than anybody else just because you're part-time. It should be a livable wage. And so we're fighting for them to have livable wages, uh, increases in some pensions. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Uh, making sure that they're definitely taken care of. I mean, they've gotten, we've gotten some wins throughout these negotiations uh, as far as the, you know, AC coming to the trucks, as far as getting rid of the job, the position I currently hold, which is a 22-4, they get paid less as a driver than other drivers. So we made. Some, why, is, why is that? Um, Because a two-tier uh, pay system was created the last contract. Like I said, we voted it down. No, our last uh, leadership administration pushed it through anyway, which 
gave them the opportunity to pay us less. And I'm considered a combination driver. So I can work inside and drive, but the company has used majority of us to drive all the time. So they're not even using the position for what it was created for. And so I'm driving all the time, working next to another driver, driving all the time, but get up to pay, you know, in certain places up to $10 less an hour doing the same job. You have got to be kidding me. No, it's a two-tier system. Um, in my building, for sure, I'm the lowest paid driver in the building. And I've been there 17 years, but because when I came in, the type of driver I had to be, uh, once I decided to cross over to full-time, I am now, like I say, the lowest paid driver in my center. So because and, of that two-tier pay. And I imagine you're trying to fix that two-tier system right now? Yes, they did say they were going to get rid of the 22-4. Yet the first offer they did give still would have uh, caused me to have a lower rate of pay because they wanted to reduce the pay of top out for a full-time driver to around $9 less than what it currently is. So they was like, oh, okay, you can become a regular full-time driver, but you're still not going to get paid as much as they are currently. So they were trying to still keep the two-tier pay, but try to take away just the name to make it seem as if they were doing us a favor. But of course, our union leadership didn't fall for that, and neither are we. I think what it seems to me like what they're trying to do, if they're trying to keep the same name but a lower pay for those already there, is it means all the new hires will come in at the lower pay is what they're right. trying to do. Is that correct? People, yeah, right. And then people like me who are already currently being paid less, I would continue to be paid less. But now I would get some certain protections that I don't get now as far as not having to work so much overtime without additional compensation uh, through the grievance process and other things. So regular drivers get protections that we don't get as 22-4 drivers. So I would get the protections, but I still wouldn't have gotten the pay. So, yeah, it's not purpose. fair at all. What else are we looking no. for? And of course, even with the uh, increases, we were looking at getting uh, better yearly increases, which they went to trying to give us 50 cents for an entire year, splitting it up into two pieces, 25 cents in February, 25 cents in August. Are we saying 25 pennies? That's what we're yes. talking about? 25 pennies, one quarter. And, you know, who's going to, what's 25 cents or 50 cents going to do? A burger, man. <laughs> we can't even do that. It won't buy cheese these days on the burger. You know, it's crazy because, you know, they hadn't kept up with inflation at all when it comes to what the hourly rate is of people being paid. So we're definitely looking for those things to be taken care of. 95% of our contract has been, you know, reported to be completed. But it's the economic portion that UPS is not trying to actually give the workers what they deserve on that end. Now, their profits, again, zoomed up. They made $13 billion, as I recall, last year. The question Mm -hmm. is, and, and for those that are listening to us, I want, when we speak on politics done right about unionization and why and, and, and corporate executives being nothing more than high-paid thieves, high-paid thugs, this is the reason why. They got $13 billion in profits. They had a windfall profit compared to what they made previous years. In a pandemic year, because the volume, the volume mm-hmm. of packages because of the new way. And you know what's interesting, event? Even as the pandemic is, quote unquote over, people have adapted. They kind of like this thing about staying home and having things, more things delivered, which means your volume has increased. You are doing more work. That profit does not belong to the executives and the shareholders. That's your money. 
you they, they should be asking you if you are willing to share it with them. That is what right. we would call an equitable society. If one in which the people who actually earn the money are the ones who decide what to do with the money. Your thoughts on that, Yvette? Oh, that's exactly true. It's uh, very disrespectful of the company to not be willing to share those profits. Uh, like I say, back on July 5th, they told the Teamsters, well, we have nothing else to offer. But yet we offered everything. We gave everything throughout the pandemic. We gave sacrifice after sacrifice just by coming in every day in that risk. I mean, it was a very, very uh, scary time. We had no idea what we were dealing with in the beginning. And they used to tell us stuff stayed on surfaces for so long, cardboard. Well, we're dealing with boxes all day. So we're not sure if what we touch is going to kill us. Like it was really a scary time, but yet and still we had to be there every day. We were not allowed to work from home. We couldn't do that. So definitely they should share in every single profit that we created for them. I bet there was there were no shareholders or executives uh, walking into those warehouses to show solidarity with the workers who are actually earning the income for the company. Did you see any executives or you're lying oh, no. to me, Yvette? I'm sorry. You they had to they go there to nowhere. at least show solidarity. Nowhere near us. Uh, I'm sure uh, from my understanding, our CEO was away at her farm. I mean, we had people, they were not touched by this. They were away from it. They had the money and the comfortability to be at home and away from everything and conduct whatever meetings they wanted to on Zoom. And we couldn't do that. You can't Zoom a box to the house. So we had to come to work. Uh, it would have been nice if they would have came down and saw exactly what was going on. The, the unclean buildings, the lack of PPE that's being provided to the people. That type of stuff is what we were dealing with on top of the pandemic. So that's something they should have came to see. And maybe they would have understood a little bit more how much of a risk we took every day. You know, I don't uh, let me tell you, um, I think you may give them a bit too much credit into believing that they don't know what's going on or that they oh. they know why they didn't come to this to the warehouses. They know oh. they know all of that. But I think what it shows is that these people are psychopaths. You know, they like mm -hmm. to look at the average American citizen like, oh, he doesn't want to come to work. Or No, I'm sorry. The average American citizen works. The average right. executive and shareholders sit on their rear ends and accomplish very little for society. You are the ones that bring, I mean, those boxes that we were happy to see from the, whether it be from the grocery store, whether it be from Amazon, whether it be from wherever, you all kept our economy going. You all are solely right. responsible for uh, all, all the tier one workers from cash registers to all the others. And that is why uh, I think uh, what, and, and I, I don't think the mainstream media has done enough of this. Those first line workers should have been revered for who they are, revered for what they accomplished and revered for keeping us alive for that for that difficult period of time and i don't think enough was made of of this issue for the importance that you all represent uh yvette and i'm glad that you're here talking about this and i hope that more people go out there and let americans know what's going on because these guys up that we like to respect we like to look at these high-paid executives respectfully we like to look at these shareholders respectfully i'm sorry Many of them are no different than, well, actually are very different than our, our average pickpocketer because they're, they're pickpocketing legally. 
they're mm -hmm. high class thugs. Continue, my friend. That's so true. We were considered essential. We were called heroes and all those things even had to, you know, present. We talked about today earlier, a letter they gave us in order to be able to show the law enforcement if we were out past curfew to let them know we were supposed to be on the road just so we can get to work. So we went through all those things. And yet and still, what we get now was basically, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, this is all we can give you. You know, it, it makes no sense. And of course, like you said, they're very aware of what's going on, but they don't want to come inside those buildings and actually have to face the people that are doing this to call them out on it. Because if they come and see us, we will let them know what we're thinking. So, of course, they stay far, far away and won't dare, you know, come around to see exactly what's going on in those buildings. So uh, so then, as I understand it, then the basic thing that you want is you want to get rid of a two-tier system. I don't know if you're going to get that this time around, but you ultimately want to get rid of a two-tier system. You want to ensure that you have air conditioning in in uh, in, in these these uh, uh, trucks. And I, I find it amazing, right? Climate change is on with us. The corporatocracy are some of the ones that are fighting solving the climate change problem, and still they don't want to give you things to, to make you, to keep you healthy. In a bus, the, the constant heat puts stress on the body, reduces your lifespan for that ex excessive stress. So they they have no problems uh, harming you, if you will. What else? So it's it's uh, air conditioning, equal pay, more pay that is that that at least tracks inflation and above. And is there anything else that I'm missing that that you want? Yeah, definitely uh, less harassment. We had to strengthen our harassment language, uh, making sure they're not stealing from our employees but through wage theft. We have stuff in place that they're supposed to pay a certain amount of guaranteed hours, but they go in, change codes, try to pay people less, don't pay people their guarantees. So they they have a lot of issues within that company that needs to be changed, uh, which we do most of it through our contract, but it's other things and other ways we are going to have to put them into shape to get them to treat their employees fair and with dignity and respect at all times. So those are other issues that are also a problem there. Uh, our safety issue, of course, is one big thing, you know, not only safety with the, the heat related stuff, which we did, like I say, when the ACs are ready. So they're going to install air conditions, uh, of course, in the new trucks and they're supposed to be doing something. I think they have like a six month uh, time frame in which they have to get everything completed. Uh, but also just the safety of our drivers, you know, out on the road. You know, we face a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't realize when we go out there as well safety issues that need to be addressed. You know, we run into people with guns being pulled on us, you know, people being kidnapped and killed, all just trying to deliver packages. So, you know, it's a lot of things that need to be addressed by the company. And we hope to get everything that we ask for, you know, within these uh, proposals that were submitted uh, as soon as possible. Now, uh, from what thing, from the way things look, uh, how how is it look? Are they talking again or where are we at with the with the strike? So last week, uh, UPS reached out to the Teamsters and said that they'll be willing to come back to the table. So the date scheduled would be this coming Tuesday for them to come back to the table. We currently sit at eight days that are left before our contract expires and we would be officially on strike. Now, if they by chance come to a tentative agreement, something that the union think is worthy of us to vote on, then um, they can agree that, OK, this is our tentative agreement. We may be able to work past August the 1st or July 31st. And then if we get a chance to do that, the members still have to vote on it. So they still have to send it out to us. We have to vote. If we agree, 
then we'll continue to work on. If we vote no, then at that point, we'll be going into a strike. So it's possible that it'll come after August 1st if a tentative agreement is, is made or on August 1st if nothing has been completed. Now, being in, the un- being in the union leadership, do you have any inside information that tells you if how things are looking, whether maybe they're really trying to uh, really trying to avoid this, what I think would be a catastrophe? Well, it's all up to the company, actually. The company is the one who's going to strike themselves because, you know, we have been perfectly clear from the beginning. Um, The people who are actually on the negotiating committee, because I'm not one of those actually negotiating the contract, uh, have to sign NDA. So they can't give out information specifics until after they actually agree. So once they agree upon stuff, then we get that specific knowledge. That's why we knew we've already won the, you know, the AC. We already got rid of the 22-4. So we know certain things that have already been completed. Uh, but as far as, you know, if UPS is going to, you know, do the right thing all of a sudden and just agree to everything, for me being around 17 years, I don't see them doing it. But it's possible somebody, you know, somewhere has, you know, got a brain all of a sudden and grew a heart and said, okay, we're going to meet all the demands so you don't have a strike. But personally, I don't see it happening. But, you know, miracles can happen, I guess. So we will have to just wait and see. Well, they truly stand up and do the right thing. It won't be a heart that they grow. It's going to be a pocketbook that they look at. It won't be a heart. Right. Because that's uh, all it is, the pocketbook, right. <laughs> which is they their heart. That's all they right. gauge everything on. They right. care nothing about you or the employees. They just care about how much green they can get. Now, uh, I, I had, uh, I heard through the grapevine that they were actually trying to train scabs. But as we know, mm-hmm. uh, UPS is too darn big really uh, for scabs to actually be successful. So maybe they're starting to realize that scabs ain't going to work for uh, for any extended period of time. Yeah, through my entire time there at 17 years, we have never been fully staffed. So if all of a sudden you're going to get fully staffed uh, it, it, uh, while we're on strike, it's no way possible. You can never replace 360 or 340,000 Teamsters uh, workers in a couple of days. It's not going to happen. You know, the drivers do a great job. Our loaders and unloaders do an amazing and it's hard work that it takes some time to understand and learn. And the supervisors will not be able to handle it neither with anybody they bring in off the street to try to do it. So it's just impossible. And what they don't realize is that you guys have insurance or rather not insurance, but you guys have uh, uh, guarantees that you provided to certain companies and the companies don't care if you're in strike or not. Those guarantees have to be upheld, else the payment for the lack of services. Anyway, Yvette, uh, why don't you give me a closer here? Well, I'd just like to encourage everybody out there, whether you're customers in our community, you know, to stand strong with your uh, fellow workers. We want our customers to get everything that they deserve and everything that they order. Uh, but we also want our workers to also get everything that they deserve and worked hard for and uh are currently fighting for. So if you can come out, support us in any way, we'd greatly appreciate that. And, you know, make sure to call UPS, tell them to do the right thing because you value what your uh, UPS drivers and the ones you come in contact with have done for you. Let the company know they should value it as well. Yvette Avery Harrod, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics and Right, but more importantly, folks that are listening right here. Remember, these are our essential workers. These are the folks who make America run. So we must support Yvette and all the entire union movement in this country. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics and Right. 
Thank you again for bringing us on and keeping us in the forefront. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.